Hey everybody, this is Sam and Jonathan just popping in before the episode to give a quick trigger warning. We talk about some potentially triggering topics in today's video and we just wanted to put this out for the listeners. Yeah, we kind of just wanted to get ahead of it because obviously some of the uh, the topics that are going to be going on in this episode have to relate to uh, consent and essay. So if that is okay with you, or if you're just curious as to what we have to say and what we touch upon regarding the topic at hand and the song for this episode, then continue forward. And we hope that you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Baso Profundo podcast. Hell ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Literally, just before this uh, this recording started, we we're trying to figure out how to like sync our audio better. And it is interesting how off it was. But yeah. we're trying to make a better experience for you. So make it sound good. Yeah, make it sound good. It's going to be great. I'm Jonathan, by the way. Oh, and I'm Sam. Hello. Hello. I'm good. How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. I'm set up in a new location. I'm at my new apartment. So hopefully it doesn't sound too different. Like it won't be like radically like, oh my God, it's so echoey in there. It sounds like you're in a cathedral. But like, I am going to get some soundproofing to make it sound not as bad. I mean, so far it sounds, sounds good to me. Okay, we'll see. Sound, I can't hear what you're hearing. Yeah, so, it doesn't sound like dramatically different or anything like that. So, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We have a pretty interesting and fun and highly debated topic for you today, Sam. Mm-hmm. So, what is the episode topic for today? Today's episode topic is a song that is very well known around holiday times. It is Baby mm-hmm. It's Cold, Cold Outside. outside. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Or not, depending on which host of this show it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not naming yeah. names before, yet. <laughs> no, we're not. Well, you'll, you'll find out. Like, it's, it'll... It'll become very quickly apparent as to what's going on. Yeah. But before we get into this hot button topic of an episode, we want to get you situated, cool, comfortable, propped up by a fire, and just get like the vibes going of like the holiday season because it is, it's, what is it? It's like roughly, we're getting to be halfway through the month. Yeah, just about. Just about. Yeah. So Christmas is rapidly coming around the corner. So, in order to do that, we've talked about our favorite artists of Christmas before. We've talked about our favorite Christmas specials and stuff that you should check out. But while you're listening to all this music and while you're eating, you know, while you're watching all these movies, what else can you do? Let's let's tease and tantalize the rest of your senses. So, what are some cool things that you could eat? What are some delicious things that you could have? during the Christmas time. So Sam, like, what are some of the ones that you put? Like, what is something that you have to eat every year because it's Christmas time? Um, well, the first one is sort of like a Thanksgiving and Christmas delicacy. 
It's sort of okay. like an all-year-round delicacy, but like I have to have to have it at Christmas time as well. It's my aunt's banana mm-hmm. cream pie. Uh, ten out of ten out of this world. Oh my god! No, I totally agree. My aunt has a banana cream pie as well, where she puts like I don't know what kind of cookies they are. Like she like lays them on top, and then there's like are they vanilla the wafers? Cream. They're not Nilla wafers, no. They're like they're literally like rectangle cookies with like these like designs on them. They look like 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 fucking like a like a royal crest or some shit Ooh. like that goes on top. Mm-hmm. And so she lays them on top, and it sort of like automatically divides the, the banana cream pie like per slice per pie like the shape of the cookie. So it's like, yeah, That's fun. So it's it's. it's it's so good. Like I, I that's one of my favorite flavors of, of anything. Is I love banana flavored things. Yeah, like I was just at Faneuil Hall yesterday, and you know, looking at like Christmas lights and Christmas trees and everything. Like I was walking around Boston, mm-hmm. and I stopped at this one place. I think it's called like the Monkey Bar, and they do like smoothies. They do like fruit smoothies juices and then like ice cream smoothies and i had one that was delicious it this isn't my christmas treat but it was like vanilla ice cream banana and chocolate oh mm. my god I love banana. oh my god that sounds fantastic oh my god yeah but like it it gave me the toots because it's dairy which speaking of one of my holiday treats is just i just love eggnog i get like the golden hood eggnog like every every year that's my dad's favorite it's so good Mm -hmm. it's so good with like a little bit of nutmeg on top even though i'm lactose intolerant and it just absolutely destroys my digestive tract so like if i have like nothing planned for the rest of the day i'm like oh i'm home i will just go to town on a carton of that shit and just be like oh it hurts but it's so delicious (laughs) uh oh man what's another one of yours or another um, couple. My so my neighbors make this. It's sort of like the quote unquote Christmas crack that people make, except Ooh. minus the saltine crackers. So it's basically just like a layer of toffee and then a layer of dark chocolate and then like a very thin because oh. I don't like white chocolate. It's a very thin layer of white chocolate on top with some nuts mm-hmm. on the top, and it's like this crunchy toffee. I know exactly. Oh, so good. Like the bark. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never had it with the white chocolate before. Like, I feel like all the ones that I've had, it's sort of like, um, like chocolate, like chocolate sea salt. So like, I just remember them always being like salty, like with like the saltines. That might be why it's so salty. Actually. Yeah. The, the saltines, like sort of like maple chocolatey. Mm. Oh my God. They're amazing. So good. So oh. good. And they're like rot my teeth out. Oh my god, yeah, like literally the amount of sugar that's in those, I can feel my teeth like vibrating. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this is too much. Yeah. I can't stop myself. Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of like super sugary, like the cellas, like merit chocolate covered maraschino cherries with like the sweet sugary <gasps> syrup inside of them. I love those. Oh my god. Those will send me into an absolute coma. Like I just remember being at my big mom's house because she used to live in Cambridge and we go over around like Christmas time mm-hmm. and she would always have like a few boxes of them like just in the dining room. And so I it's 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 like the same thing for me as like Cadbury cream eggs, you know, mm-hmm. like 
Cadbury cream eggs, like you break it open and it has like the nougat inside and it's so incredibly sugary. And I'm like, wow, I can have like two of these a year. And that's yeah. like the same thing with like the cherries of where I'm like, I can't eat these any other time of the year. I will turn into fucking Rupert Grimsley and get diabetes. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like so horrible. They are really yeah. sweet, but they're really good. Something um, oh, savory that I always loved growing up at Christmas, which I haven't had in like Ooh, savory. I haven't had this in like five years because I was pescatarian, but now I am no longer pescatarian. Long story. Um, and that full is full on carnivore a, now. Yeah, baby, protein carnivore again. Hell yeah! <laughs> and that is ham. Oh my gosh, cooked ham, ham, specifically the spiral ham or sometimes the honey glazed ham my grandmother makes every Ooh, christmas that's good shit it's so good and i can't wait to have some this year ah i'm gonna be so excited <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect timing for it too i think i have the recipe for my mom's because she does like the cherries on it with like the pineapple slices Ooh. and like the special glaze Ooh, that's good stuff like mm-hmm Oh my god! Yes, yeah. save savory Christmas time. My mom makes this like sausage stuffing. Oh my god, it's amazing! Oh, that sounds good. But oh, it's great. But then, what is what is Christmas if you don't have some good gingerbread? Some yes. ginger, some little gingerbread men. Spicy, maybe make a maybe make a gingerbread house. Yep. yep. Our gingerbread houses uh, do, we would do never you- eat though. That's literally what I was going to say. That's literally what I was going to say is that I've ne- I don't know if I've ever fucking eaten a gingerbread house. I just love making them and putting them together and then just like looking at them. And then I go, oh, this is cute. And then like January 1st, I slam dunk it into the fucking trash can like I was Larry Bird. Like I'm just like, oh, season's over. Bam, right in the trash. I'm like yeah. that was fun, wasn't it? See, I used to make them all the time. Well, I still make them now, but as a kid, I used to love making them too. And I would make them and they would sit on the kitchen table and my mom wouldn't let let me eat them. But to be fair, I don't really like, like, I feel like the gingerbread houses, because they need to be structurally significant, they're not really the best cookies Mm. for eating anyways. And the candies are usually shit. Yeah. So we would just like let it sit. We wouldn't eat it either, but it would just like, progressively rot on the kitchen table <laughs> until one day <laughs> yeah, it would like, like fall it. apart and like you know decay and my mom's like we have to throw this out and i'm like no yeah this is this is bad yeah because like the candies are absolute ass they're like little hard sugar colored balls that will like shatter a crown then you have like just like absolutely hard like dots or like what are those called? Like the little jellies? The gumdrop things? They're, They're just, horrible. Yeah, the gumdrops. I don't like those. No. It's just bad candy. And then, yeah, like you said, because it has to like stand up, it it is just – it's hard. It's all hard gingerbread. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't taste good. It is like cardboard that is pretending to be gingerbread. Right. And like literally the longer you leave it on the counter, the harder it's going to get. So like if someone breaks into your house – and you like you could literally throw, like whip the gingerbread house at them and it'd probably break their nose and like shatter their front teeth <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's not good it's not food no the, it's those not. gingerbread houses are not food although i have seen some other gingerbread houses like there's a barbie dream there's a barbie gingerbread dream house because of the movie this year <gasps> like i saw that stop and shop the other I day i need yeah. it yeah i know it looks so fun because it's like it's 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 a different shape and then 
like and it's also pink like it's like pink and white like it's a barbie dream house oh and then there's also yeah and for halloween they were doing them too like it was like a monster house and i thought i was like what gingerbread now it's halloween but i was like Hmm. you know fuck it whatever i'm not i'm not gonna eat it anyways yeah Yeah. it's there for decor um maybe maybe with our 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 last little treat you could take you could you know during the season break little pieces off of your gingerbread house and dunk it in some nice hot chalky like some mm-hmm. nice hot chocolate yeah oh my goodness. hot chalky i have like i have like two things of hot chocolate in my cabinet like i have like a regular one and then i have like a pumpkin flavored one that i got in when we were at mighty joe Mm-hmm. we call it warm oh, brown that's yeah. my browns my warm brown i'm gonna take you to brown town yeah like it's kind of like a story that i don't i i almost forget how it started i kind of forget as well because i remember we were at the compound and we were like hanging out on my joe and i was like hey who wants something hot chocolate because i literally just gotten it that day and so i we were making it in like you know on like a little coleman grill in like a pan that we found but I didn't have any cups, so all I had was paper bowls. So I just ended up dumping it in like in like people's bowls, and then Sean came over, came over, and he's like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just like making stuff for everybody." He's like, "What is that brown? Is it?" And then, "Oh yeah," because it was Sean, because like there was steam coming out of the bowls, and he's like, "What is that? It's like brown and it's like warm, warm brown." And I was like, "Yes, it is, Sean. That is what it is called now." So like <laughs> every year since, I'm like, "Hey, who wants some warm brown?" And then like other people have gotten in on it. Like, like Katie has like talked about it before. Like Aaron, like really? just some of the other kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's like literally, cause I remember, I remember we were at you, like your site mm-hmm. and I was like making it and, and Katie just goes, yeah, he's making his brown. He's making his warm brown. I'm like, you're fucking right. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Everybody knows but, about yeah, the warm so- brown. Everybody knows this is now a staple. This is mm-hmm. now it's just something that I do. I bring hot chocolate and then I I make people brown themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But so hopefully you've you've made some some brown for yourself in the time since listening to these couple previous episodes because we started out the season with the Vince Guaraldi trio sort of easing us into the season. It's a little bit Thanksgiving-y. It's a little bit Christmassy. And then last time we talked about the Liz Gillies and Seth MacFarlane album, uh, We Wish You the Merriest. Mm-hmm. So that was last episode and the episode before. And now we're talking about Baby It's Cold Outside, but... We can't necessarily talk about Baby It's Called Outside without giving you a little bit of background details as to what's going on with it, where it came from, and what's happening. So, starting off in our timeline, it was written by Frank Looser, L-O-E-S-S-E-R, Louser? I don't want to say Looser. Frank Looser. Uh, in 1944 and popularized by the 1949 film Neptune's Daughter. While the lyrics make no mention of a holiday, it's commonly regarded as a Christmas song owning to its wintry theme. What is it about? It's about baby, baby, it's cold outside. Hey, this guy talking to a lady and he's like, hey, don't, you know, you don't have to leave if you don't want to. There's a blizzard out there. It is cold. Right. You know, Christmas is in winter, obviously. So... In 1944, Loser wrote Baby's Cold Outside to sing with his wife, Lynn Garland, at their housewarming party in New York City at the Navarro Hotel. 
They sang the song to indicate to guests that it was time to leave. I think that is <laughs> Which, so funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I like that's sort of like you know how they do it at the at the Oscars, like they play you off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it reminds me, um, like because the video game awards like literally just happened, and I think Christopher Judge, who plays Kratos, um, in the new games, last year they he made a joke about it this year, but. He had an eight-minute speech about, like, because he won an award, and it's not supposed to go on that long. I think it's supposed to go on for, like, a minute and a half at the most. So he literally just kept talking through the music, and everyone was like, bro, he's still going. Shoot. Yeah. So like he, he joked about it this year, but it's sort of like, yeah, they're like, oh, baby, it's cold outside. Ha <laughs> ha. Get your coat. No, but get out. Like, it's time. It kind of reminds me <laughs> of, like, that meme I don't remember like the context of it, except like there's like a like a banner and it, the mm-hmm. the oh, my God, I'm really bad at explaining memes. It's basically no, like okay. a banner that says, please leave by 9 p.m. And it's like me when I'm hosting parties. <laughs> please leave by 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's like like I OK, I have the social battery that I can go. As long as things are happening, I will stay awake. Like if I can like move around and talk and drink, like I'll be fine. But the mm-hmm. moment that like things start winding down and like I sit down, uh, it is like lights out. I go into like battery power saver mode and then I'm then I'm dead. I feel that. Like, yeah. But man, yeah, Sam's like, all right, get out of my house. Yeah. We're done. That's why I don't host parties <laughs> because I'd be in bed I'm and like- everybody would still be there. Yeah, exactly. Sam comes down in her like Ebenezer Scrooge like cloak and like little night hat with like the little saucer and candle. And she's like, I'm going to bed. Just let yourselves out. <laughs> Keys under the mat. Honestly, that <laughs> that is like my ideal party because then like it makes me happy like knowing that people are still enjoying themselves. And also I like falling asleep to like some like indistinct chatter, you know? It's very comforting. Oh. That is very comforting. It's like being a little kid at a party where like you like power yourself out. Like you like go crazy and you tire yourself out. And then someone just puts you to bed in like one of the bedrooms until like your mom says it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that feeling so vividly. Me too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like that. You're like Sam puts herself to bed. It's like, all right, leave when you feel like it. Yeah. Don't steal my stuff. Honor, honor system. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that, yeah. honestly. Yeah. See, if we ever if we ever throw a BP party, a Baso Profundo party, um, then I will I will continue to host while you go to bed. Thank you. Thank <laughs> You're you. very welcome. I will I will take on this mantle. <laughs> <laughs> so Lynn Garland, the wife to Frank. Louser said, we became instant parlor room stars. We got invited to all the best parties for years on the basis of baby. It was our ticket to caviar and truffles. Parties were built around our being the closing act. In 1948, uh, after years of performing the song, Louser sold it to MGM for the, for the romantic comedy Neptune's Daughter, like we talked about earlier. Garland was furious, saying, I felt as betrayed as if I caught him in bed with another woman. Damn. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of get that. Like, they, it's something that, like, they made together. And then obviously she didn't know that he sold it. 
right. then he just did like for you know maybe she viewed it as like a quick buck right but like it was like no longer theirs so i can i can totally understand yeah i kind of feel like he, like he wrote it to sing with her it's almost like he wrote it to her in a way mm-hmm. so i could see how him selling it she like feels very much like this right. is no longer mine and i feel very betrayed yeah exactly like they 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 made it together and like now it's gone like it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's not their song anymore you know yeah 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 but you know what is the song about that is so that is so intimate for uh, Frank Louser and Lynn Garland? So I'm sure most of you know the premise of the song, but it's basically a call and response duet between two people, mm-hmm. a host, which is called, quote, Wolf in the score, which is usually performed by a male singer and a guest called, quote, Mouse, which is usually performed by a female. Every line in the song features a statement from the guest followed by a response from the host. Hmm. The lyrics consist of the host trying to convince the guest that she should stay for a romantic evening because he fears her getting too cold outside, despite the fact that she feels she should return home to her concerned family and neighbors. Aha. I can see you like reeling up to like to go for it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. So the song was first performed <laughs> in the film Neptune's Daughter, as we mentioned, by Ricardo Montalban. Montalban. Montalban yes. Mon- and Esther Montalban. Williams. Yes. Esther Williams. Oh, that's a very old fashioned name. It is. Aha. Uh-huh. So they, so it is most famously done by them. Cause like, I didn't even know about Lynn Garland and Frank Louser. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Frank and Lynn were the first people who like performed it, but it became popularized by Ricardo and Esther in the film. Aha. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the song is obviously not from a particular album or anything like that. It's just sort of like a standalone song. It is its own thing. It is its own thing, yeah. Some people would put it, like we said, in the genre of Christmas music, even though it doesn't explicitly ever mention Christmas. Right, it just turned into that over time. Right, yeah. But there's a quote here from Time Magazine, as they reported on June 27th, 1949 issue. They said, quote, Queasy NBC first banned the lyrics as too racy, then decided they contained nothing probably prurient. Is that how you say it? Prurient. Let's see. Prurient. Let's let's define that. Let's let's put that into Google because I never actually looked into what that means. Prurient. There we go. Having or encouraging an excessive interest in sexual matters. Ooh, so. Wow, okay. Synonyms salacious, lavacious, lecherous, and lustful. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they're like, this song, this song's too sexy. And then they were like, no, it's actually not. That's like the point of the song is that it's a call and response between the guy and the girl. And she's trying to make excuses as to why she should leave. But she actually wants to stay like and and Mm -hmm. hang out because that's the sort of like the purview and like the social norms of the times. The lady wasn't allowed to be like yeah let's fuck let's slam dude like i'm gonna stay even though no one was around she's more concerned with that so it's it's literally like skirting around the idea of overtly saying yeah it's gonna get a little sexy in here Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah 
So I guess NBC first banned it, and then they decided to put the tune on the air. And they said, quote, baby hit the hit parade and began climbing. There are so many people who have like done it to this day. But also in that debate, uh, experts on mid 20th century sexual norms say lies a lesson about how consent in dating culture in America has evolved. And we will get into that mm-hmm. later of like just what was acceptable. You couldn't just say, yeah, like, you know, it's not as free and as liberated as things are today because obviously things have to be like more explicit. And whereas back then it was totally the opposite. Like there had, there was like a level of decorum and there was like a boundary that had to be like established. So it's, it's just like, it's so many steps. It's so many steps Mm -hmm. that we're going to outline later it's interesting that they wanted to ban it in 1949 which is like right after the release like i know a lot of a lot of radio stations now are trying to ban the song because for at least for now for modern times it Mm. it didn't really age very well which again we'll get into no no yeah yeah but it's it's interesting to me as well that even in 1949 they still were like this seems like a little bit too i mean i guess maybe they thought about it for different reasons because they thought it was too racy whereas now a lot of people think that it's just yeah it it, it crosses it crosses a line yeah it is very crazy some people think that i don't know i don't know who does i don't know it's so weird (laughs) i don't know yeah it's a well yeah well we'll see what happens you know we'll get into it yeah but like it, it did want, it did win an award. It did. It won a 1950 Academy Award for Best Original Song from Neptune's Daughter. So yeah, and I think that's so. I think that's so funny. Is because they tried to ban it because they're like, we know what you're doing here. We know what you're trying to say. And they're like, no, we didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't say it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then like it said, it hit the hit parade, Best Original Song, but. Yep. A lot, a lot of people did it. It is still super popular, and it's—I mean, it's on my yep. playlist. It's on my Christmas playlist just because it is. It, it's sort of like rose-colored glasses of nostalgia. So, as of 2020, there are over 400 recordings of "Baby It's Cold Outside," which is just absolutely staggering. And it seems like anybody who even thinks about doing a Christmas album is like, I need to find a guy or a girl or whoever to do the other part so we can do baby. It's cold outside. It has to be on the album. Right. <laughs> you know? So some, <laughs> some notable ones that have been done before, uh, Louis Armstrong and Velma Middleton in 1951. Great, great uh, trumpet player that Louis Armstrong, Bette Midler and mm-hmm. James Cann in 1991, Zoe Deschanel and Leon Redbone in 2003 from elf which i also like how will ferrell does it that's just me oh me too yes oh they also uh, uh speaking of elf there are i think there's an animated version of it or there's like a stop motion version of it where will ferrell did not reprise his role as buddy the elf oh <gasps> what because why it did was, they make an animated version i don't know just because they wanted to and because elf is popular you know, so silly of them. It's marketing. That's just the way of the world. I'm just going to enjoy Will Ferrell. That's just me. But so me now too. we now we know that exists. Other versions: Willie Nelson and Nora Jones in 2009, CeeLo Green and Christina Aguilera in 2012. That one was like a very like if we want to talk about salacious versions, it's that one. Mm. Yeah. Then there's also Avril Lavigne and Johnny Blue, 
John Legend and Kelly Clarkson. And then also I saw that Miss Piggy also did it too. So I've had to put Miss Piggy on there. <laughs> oh, I love it. She has a beautiful voice. She does. She really does. Like the, the, like the, the tones of a, of a ham-filled angel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we're getting into more of actually what the song is about. The feelings, the vibes, like what it's trying to say, what it's trying to tell you that we were talking about earlier. Right. So since 2009, the song has faced criticism among some listeners for the alleged implications of its lyrics with elements such as the line, quote, say what's in this drink and the wolf's unrelenting pressure for the mouse to remain in spite of her repeated suggestions that she should go home being described as suggestive of sexual harassment or even date rape. Oh, so, but like, also I, why is it called, why is it the wolf and the mouse? That was another thing that sort of leaned into the suggestive, like, imbalance of power. Right. That's what, that's just what they wrote on the score, apparently, that, like, the male part was, like, the wolf and the female part was the mouse. But I'm not sure why they decided to do that, why they didn't just write, like, tenor Mm-hmm. versus soprano or whatever yeah it, like if they didn't want to gender it which is fine because it doesn't necessarily have to be gendered they no, could just put like anymore. the tenor line versus soprano line or whatever yeah i mean it, i don't know why they were like oh wolf and a mouse yeah see i don't know i don't know can can we look into that really quickly like i don't know yeah 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 say so, well because like i'll just i'll just keep chatting it's because like like it's it's one thing like i mean it's it's the 40s like you know obviously obviously they're gonna gender it they'll be like this is the guy part and this is the gal's part obviously the guy wants the gal to stay because she's so darn pretty like obviously that's what they're that's what they're gonna go for but like wolf okay yeah that's one thing you'd be like oh yeah wolf in sheep's clothing like the wolf is like preying on the sheep but then it's like mouse so it doesn't exactly like line up perfectly you know what i mean so it's just like it's 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 weird to have those two together is it because yeah, like, the mouse is like meek and sort of like shy? I don't I don't know. So far, all I can find is from Rolling Stone in 1948, when it was recorded for Neptune's daughter, they wrote yeah. in the score, the male and female parts are labeled the wolf and the mouse, respectively. The premise is that the wolf and the mouse have gone on a date. And after having a nightcap back at his house, she's making her excuses to leave while he's urging her to stay. Yeah, so why it, did they pick mouse? Right, right. <sighs> it doesn't, it doesn't say it just, it, that was basically just a description of like what the song's about. Why wolf and mouse? I don't understand. Maybe, okay. Cat and mouse would even, would even be better. You know what I mean? Like, ta- right. like because it's not like that much of a hierarchy of power, you know? Right. So it's just, I don't know. And it's just, it, that language is a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah. Super weird. But yeah, so it's definitely the harassment and the, the date rape. That is like more mm-hmm. of the, that's more of the modern criticism for it. Like when this was like from, from 2009, because obviously it's, it's, that's not what it was originally about like the context of the time that is just what people since then have been saying about it and that's like become more of the the popular view of it it's like yeah there's clearly an imbalance of power she wants to leave then you should let her leave but it's kind of like what we were saying earlier it's not back in the day it wasn't as cut and dry you weren't allowed women especially were sexually repressed and you weren't allowed to say what you wanted right right and that sort of leads into the next 
Yeah. So Susan Louser, is that how you pronounced it? I've just been saying Louser. Okay, that works. So Susan Louser, who is the daughter of the composer Frank Louser, came to the song's defense in 2018, arguing that it needs to be understood within the, quote, context of its time when it was written in 1944. Back then, she said, the lyric, what's in this drink, would refer to the alcoholic content, not the thought of being drugged. Mm -hmm. In fact, Baby It's Cold Outside started out as a shtick that the songwriter Frank Louser performed with his wife at parties, as we mentioned. Right. And so it's sort of like... Like it's written somewhere, somewhere down here is where, you know, they're talking about someone says there's a Tumblr post about it that was made in 2016. The the quote is like it's it's under Tumblr user Big Butter and Eggman. Uh, it's a it's a it's a Tumblr username. Obviously, gonna be fucking stupid. It's whatever. <laughs> I, I've I've gone uh, to the page since. Apparently, the page got like sold, and it now is like people who like sell you travel packages and towels and shit. So the post no longer. Weird. Yeah, exactly. So the post no longer exists, but there are screenshots of it that I've seen, um, and they say that you know what's in this drink isn't mean like oh you put something in the drink you didn't put try to put you didn't try to roofie her drink. This person says. Um, the woman in the song says outright multiple times that what other people will think of her staying is what she's really concerned about, but she's having a really good time and she wants to stay. So she is excusing her uncharacteristically bold behavior either to the guy or to herself by blaming it on the drink, unaware that the drink is actually really weak, maybe not even alcoholic at all. That's the joke. Like she's saying like, oh, what's in this drink? I, I'm so forward, even though she's probably can't even feel it at all. She's like, you know, giving herself an out, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, but that is not how I interpreted it ever. And, and and that's that's completely fine because that's like from a modern context. Yeah, it sounds really bad. It sounds real. Until, yeah. until we looked it up. Like for the episode, neither of us had any idea. So we were kind of coming from a uninfluenced scope to the context. And we go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And then um, the Tumblr post goes on to saying, you know, the post suggests that the lyrics actually give the woman agency, allowing her to use the drink for plausible deniability. Like if anyone questions her decisions, to like stay over the guy's house and they, you know, get it on, which they very well could. It, it's, it's the forties. Like, you know, it's, right. shit happens. And this kind of like song and dance back and forth was kind of expected. Um, even if they're interested, the woman were supposed to put up at like, you were supposed to at least give some pushback. Like, no, I shouldn't. I, Oh, I can't do that. I shouldn't. What would, what would my neighbors think? They, cause you know, people back in the day, they'll dude will be out on his front porch and being like, Oh, I didn't see her. Uh, I didn't see a car pull into the driveway. Did you stay somewhere over there last night? Uh, what's going on? And then people gossip and then you don't want people talking. Right. So it's like, I can kind of, I can kind of get that. They, women were supposed to put up at least a little bit of a fight against the guy's advances and the guys were supposed to offer excuses to then give them an out okay. if they wanted. So in the context of the song, at least the late, the woman can still leave. It, it's sort of like idealistic that the women could just, could just go. Should they be like, no, I should, right. I really shouldn't. But the guy's like, well, maybe you could, it's, it's real cold outside. I don't want you to get into a crash. The, the, the roads are icy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 
Yeah, so I I know this song was supposed to be like a sweet little love song, but mm-hmm. personally, I I find it extremely creepy. It is. I no. I do understand, and we'll get into like even more depth about specific lyrics you know, too. Yeah. Right, specific lyrics, and also just like sexuality in the 40s and how it differs so much from today and how that sort of incorporates itself into the song it's a completely different world right but for me i still find it a bit creepy i don't think it aged well at all and like i understand i can see the other side of it but i i don't really wish to you would rather not listen to it at all Right, exactly. Yeah, because you don't want to you don't want to have to justify it to yourself through the whole song to be like, yeah, I get it, I get the historical context, I still feel this way, but so just inv- avoiding the whole thing entirely, yeah, completely respectable. Right. Yeah. So just right, and I I do think the origins of the song are funny, like how they sang it as a goodbye song for guests at a party, like get out of my house. It's cold <laughs> outside. Oh, put a jacket on, get the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I love I love that because again, I, I never would have thought that. I never would have thought that that was the case. No, me neither. Oh yeah. According to Rachel Delvin or De- no Devlin, sorry. According to Rachel Devlin, author of Relative Intimacy: Fathers, Adolescent Daughters, and Postwar American Culture, and she is a professor of history at Rutgers University. In the context of this quote, she's talking about premarital sex in the forties. You know, oh, how dare a woman have a baby out of wetlock? Oh, no, what would... And it's also, it's obviously, obviously religious. They're like, you're going to go straight to hell, lake of fire, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's from from the fucking (laughs) 20s to the 50s. That's just how shit worked. So her quote is about premarital sex in the 40s. For women who were caught doing so, the consequences could be steep. Her personal reputation and her family's reputation was on the line. Abortion was criminalized, and contraception was illegal in most states. Women who got pregnant could be kicked out of their homes and out of college. Pregnant high schoolers could be sent to homes for unwed mothers, forced to give their babies up for adoption, and to undergo a rehabilitation program before they could go back to school. That is extreme. That is extreme. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's kind of, I feel like where the context of, you ever hear of a shotgun wedding? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of how that works. It's like maybe before a woman was showing, you know, so to speak, you would, Mm -hmm. you would put a ring on it and be like, all right, well, this happened. Now we got to get married. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. We don't have to get into it, but that is just. That is just how that works. But also, she goes to say that as such, women had incentive to hide their sexual desires. One result of that situation is the dynamic on display in the song, which the women sings that she ought to say no and mentions how how the neighbors will gossip if she doesn't leave. This is so interesting to me because, like, I understand that in the context, Mm -hmm. but... Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to grasp because it's like she's over here saying, oh, I can't stay because of X, Y, Z, even if she wants to stay. Right. But in the end, if she winds up staying, it's people are going to fuck up her reputation. It's literally a double-edged sword. You can't fucking, you can't win. Literally. Can't win. And especially like for the guy to be so, you know, forthcoming and like, like he's very like pushy almost. Yeah, well, because like the, obviously they they both want they both 
in the context of the time, they both want something to happen. So uh, you know, maybe he's being a little pushy because he's like, oh, if you stay, we could make out. It'd be pretty cool. But the thing that like bothers me is that if that was to happen, the neighbors and her family and stuff, they would not look at the man and be like, wow, what a slut. But they would look at the woman and do that. Well, because that, that's a point that I put later is I don't know exactly where it is. Oh, so it's okay. So check this out. Um, I put it in uh, the lyrics and I'll just get to it now is that it's literally a double standard and you're hung either way. Like it's sort of the thing with guys and girls, how it, it being the woman in this situation, either a pr- you're a prude and you should loosen up or live a little quote unquote or you're branded as a whore and undesirable anyways. So no matter what being the, the female in this situation, you lose. Right. Yeah, which is just obviously awful. Um, but then it's, it's sort of like the thing with the guy that it's like, if he doesn't get the girl, they'll be like, oh, don't worry, Tiger, you'll get her next time. You got to get the girl. Or, and you know, right. if he does, he's like a sex god. They'd be like, oh, dude, you fucking crushed it. Yeah, you got the girl. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it literally, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. So uh, there's a quote here that I'm seeing. It's also from the Tumblr user that I was talking about before, Big Butter and Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> they say, uh, <laughs> that's just so fucking funny. Uh, they say at the end of the song, they're singing together in harmony because they're both on the same page and they have been all along. Uh, Rather than being about date rape, the user argues that it's about a woman finding a way to exercise her sexual agency in a patriarchal society that is designed to stop her from doing so. So it's like, it's like a loophole. Mm. Like baby it's cold outside could be viewed as a loophole to this situation that allows her to get away with what she wants to do. So like, basically if someone was to question her, she could be like, like, let's say for some reason she like walked to this guy's house and didn't drive. She could be like, Oh, it's too cold outside. He was worried that, you mm-hmm. know, I would freeze to death or whatever. Or like that one line, if you got pneumonia and died. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, I could get sick out in the cold. Right. Or for the what's in this drink line, it could be like, oh, there there was alcohol in it, so I can't drive. So I, I had I to had, stay the yeah, night. Exactly. I had a couple too many. I wasn't feeling well. I put myself down and we didn't do anything at all. That's why. Yeah. Rather than yeah. just being like, I don't know, I didn't want to leave. Right. And that sort of ties in with this other quote from Rachel Devlin. Mm-hmm. She says, quote, it was a weird, contradictory time, just a lot of hypocr- hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Men were expected to push and women were expected to make sure men didn't cross the line, which was entirely up to the woman, because if a line was crossed and they did have sex, she was ruined. The song is an important historical document because it does repre- represent these constant negotiations. It's describing an everyday encounter. That has to be incredibly taxing and like tiring on the women in these situations because they're constantly having to monitor and shift and make sure these boundaries like aren't crossed because it's them on the line and nobody else. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the man's not going to get shit for it. Right. There's no no way. Not, not, Not at all. So that's just yeah. That that just that's what just really really sucks. And I'm glad we're I'm glad we're past that to you know to this extent because obviously like 
feminine people, women, you know, under the entire umbrella, if you're put in like that sort of like vulnerable, uncertain position, maybe stuff like, does this like stuff like this happen to even today? I don't know to this extent, but like, it's like, we're still not out of the woods. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm being clear. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's better, but it could be better. But it's, it could be better. Exactly. Yeah. It could, it could always be better. So there's another quote here that says, quote, the song comes from an era when women were just expected to say no, no matter what they wanted. Echoes Beth Bailey, author of From Front Porch to Backseat, Courtship in 20th Century America, and the director of the Center for Military War and Society Studies at the University of Kansas. Mm. She says, quote, the culture refused to acknowledge women's right to say yes or no. Not being able to say yes is as much of a problem as having to say no. That just tied my brain up into a knot. Yeah, because because yes. not being able to say yes is much as a is as much of a problem as saying no. Yeah, I. So it's like the illusion of choice, or also not having a choice. I think it's a bit of both because wanting to but not being able to is as much of a problem as saying no and potentially upsetting the man. Is how I'm picking that up. I don't know if that's right. That's that's probably as close as we're going to get because that also is <laughs> another indicator of just how foreign these concepts are to us now. Like this, like this, right. this kind of behavior, I don't think typically exists in modern society. We've we've created right. a whole new set of problems. We threw that one out and went. The women still need to be down. This is me being a government uh, representative. I'm being, I'm being big business. Well, the women still need to be down. So let's make something else up. <laughs> was that a good impression? That was very good. Thank Scarily you. good. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I've been working on it. I've been, I've been listening to Baby It's Cold Outside so much that I'm like, shit, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> I think it's still, like you said, it's definitely not as much of a problem in modern day anymore as it was back then. Mm-hmm. But it, there's still obviously like an issue with consent. Yes. People not realizing that if you say no like no means no no. yeah exactly like it's it just that is no can't mean yes and no at the same time meanwhile right yes doesn't mean no and no doesn't mean yes that that's yeah that should be cut it should be cut and dry and i would love to think that it is yeah 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 and i think in some ways there is still sort of like this Mm -hmm. this hardship with like a woman's right to say yes or no and there's still sort of this pushback from society where if you like sleep around too much then you're considered like a slut but if you don't sleep around enough then you're considered a you know like a pansy or whatever yeah right exactly so i think it's still it's still relevant in modern day but not to Definitely. this extent yeah this is this is an extreme sure. extreme this is like turned up to the nth degree so right yeah yeah it's a good thing it's not the 40s anymore like I, yes, I, I love, a, yeah, say I love classical music as much as the next guy. I listen to all the tunes in Fallout 4 and all those games, but God damn, did it suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> we can put our nostalgia glasses on as much as we like, but you know, it, it also sucked because in the 40s, you didn't have Beso Profundo. Exactly. Yeah. We weren't around, baby. <laughs> Tune into our show. Beso yeah, Profundo podcast.com. Exactly. 
hey, if you were born in 1949, listen to Basil Profundo. <laughs> yeah, open your ears. Get your fucking ear horn out, grandma. I'm sorry. You're probably very sweet. <laughs> if you're listening to, if you're if you're old and you're listening to our show, it's probably not you. Let's just put it that way. You're cool. <laughs> yeah, you're very cool. This <laughs> this is a good segue into um, us throwing out the fact that we have a website. We do. BasilProfundoPodcast.com. Yeah. Because my mom told me the other day that my Nana was ecstatic that we have a website that you can listen to our episodes right from yeah. she doesn't have Spotify or like Apple podcasts or anything. So she's like, I can listen now. Exactly. So thanks for listening, Nana. Oh, uh, hi, Nana. How are you? Good. <laughs> I am too. Thank oh, you. I think she's good. Okay. Hi, Sam's <laughs> Nana. I've heard much about you. I think I met your Nana actually at your house. I think you've met her before too. She does definitely. Not. She oh, does... you've definitely met her. Yeah. She does not remember me, but that's okay. So hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, so go to our website, uh, basicprofundopodcast.com. You can listen to our most recent episode on the homepage and also the listen tab. The listen tab has all of the links to our main platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts, and our RSS feed, which is our hosting site. Also, if you go to the episodes tab, it'll have all of the episodes in, I think it's the most recent at the top and then descending order to our first one. You click on that, you'll get all of our links, and you can listen to our podcast without having Apple Music, without having a Spotify, or anything like that. So we're trying to make it as readily accessible, easiest to watch, and you know, however you can get your hands on it. So, because we we want you to we want you to listen to our show. We like you. We think you're cool, yeah. and it, you're you'll be cooler yeah. if you listen. So there's that. <laughs> exactly yeah. now back to the show oh that was our commercial yeah that was our ah commercial break oh commercial break it just reminds me of like at, they, speaking of the 40s and 50s uh i love going to the drive-in so it reminds me of like you know how like the like the dancing hot dogs and the popcorn will come on like let's all go to the lobby like that's that was our mm -hmm. that was our commercial Oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. That was awesome. Okay. Um, so we are moving into the lyrical portion of this episode. So Sam, what do you think about the song? <laughs> oh, well, listeners, I gotta say it. I hate the song. Yeah. I have hated the song for several years. Yeah. So instead of going over the lyrics that i love mm -hmm. the lyrics that mean a lot to me mm -hmm. i'm going to talk about some of the ones that i despise do any of them mean a lot to you no <laughs> that, that, that's that silence was so loud <laughs> i mean again like now that we're talking about the context of the song in the 40s when it was written i understand yeah however do i think that these lyrics resonate with me yes but in a very negative connotation yeah but in a very negative way right so 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 you you tell me about yours and then i will then react to them okay amazing you have a much more harsh viewpoint than i do me yeah like i said you okay. know, i'm like all rose-colored glasses like you know baby it's cold outside i'm like yeah all right sing me away and meanwhile you're, you're like this is bad and i'll tell you why 
I'll tell you while you're wrong. I'm like, yes, I do have a six hour Christmas playlist. No, baby, it's cold outside is not on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, mine has like two versions of it. Like I have like a Dean Martin one <laughs> and the fucking Seth MacFarlane one. Oh, because. Oh no! Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no no! See, it's it's gonna be linked in the uh, the episode tab, like right underneath. But I'm pretty sure uh, Liz Gillies and Seth MacFarlane also did this song. I just watched it today, which ties into the last episode that you can check out on BaselProfundoPodcast.com. Yay! Yay! Okay. Okay. Keep going. All right. So, okay. what do you what do you think? All right. So the first lyric that. I don't like, or I, sorry, I, in, in this document, I put despise with a smiley face. Yes. So the first lyric that I despise is beautiful. What's, what's your, your hurry? hurry? Like, bitch, don't call me beautiful. <laughs> it, <laughs> there you go. it feels, it feels very demeaning. It's not sweet. Like, Oh, you're so beautiful. Like I had such a good time. It feels very much How's like it going? Beautiful. Um, right, like cat call vibes yeah. or like, hey, why don't you smile more? Oh, don't like, like, you're a pretty no, girl. Don't do that, Sam. It, that's what it gives me. It gives me that kind of vibes. Yeah. So I despise that lyric. I, I totally understand that because it definitely feels kind of cat call-y. Well, obviously, when you put it that way, obviously. But, like, the mm-hmm. language back then bordered so heavily, like, on the edge of a fucking knife, is that of being, like, charming and a little bit sleazy. Like, yeah, yeah like, you, like back then, are there some smooth talkers, you know, with uh, with lips made of silver? Yeah, of course. Like, f- this, uh, some dudes back then would be like, na 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 And I, even I'm over here, like, blushing, like, damn, dude, you got the fucking W Riz, my guy. Shit. But like, <laughs> like, like calling a lady doll. Be like, how's it going there, doll? How's it going, doing doll face? I don't know if I like that. Mm, mm-hmm. I could never do that. No fucking way. But then it kind, of, it kind of teeters a little bit because it's like, you know how? Have you ever watched like Kitchen Nightmares or like Hotel Hell or whatever with like Gordon Ramsay? I've watched Kitchen Kitchen Nightmares, yeah. Right, and like, and he'll. And like Gordon Ramsay will like like very quickly like call the female service darling. Be like, oh, thank you, darling. And I'm like, and that's fine to me. Like personally, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's not malicious. Like it's like very, it's almost courteous. Right. It also helps that he's English, I think too. Yeah. 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 That definitely helps. Yeah. But like, so it's, it's, it's kind of like that is where there'd be language like that. Um, but like to be like so overt, like how are you doing today, gorgeous? You'd be like, oh, get away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, I just just picture like a character of me and like like a like I'm dressed up like what? It's JFK's wife, like in like the pink outfit. I'm like beating a guy with my purse. Get out of here, you brute! Scram. <laughs> <laughs> that also reminds that also reminds me of a meme i don't remember what the episode is from but there's an episode of spongebob where he's dressed up like a lady and somebody steals his purse i think and I the know meme is just a picture of of spongebob in like a pink outfit and he's just standing there holding the purse out like this <laughs> <laughs> no, i know exactly so funny. I, I know the one yeah it's it's like that. So it's like stuff like that to be like so bold. Like I feel like obviously someone would enjoy that, but then I mean maybe on the whole it's like, oh, 
cool your jets there, Ace. You're coming off a little too hot. Right. Yeah, no way. Ugh. Yeah. What's like the, the the language has just changed so much yep. since the forties that it probably would hit back then, mm-hmm. but now it just feels like I got catcalled. Yeah, if there's a woman in your life between the ages of I don't know, ten and seventy that you care about, get them these three items. Stocking stuffers, if you will. Pepper spray. Or you can call it mace, whatever you whatever you like. Um, maybe a taser. Those are fun. You can get those in department stores mm-hmm. like Dick's or whatever. And then I've also seen, they're kind of cute. I've seen them on Etsy. Is that it's like something to put on your key ring and it's shaped like a cat. And the cat has like very pointy ears. And you put your ring finger and your middle finger through the cat's eye holes and you hold it in your fist and it turns into like almost like brass knuckles but it's made of plastic and the points of the ears is what you would be punching i don't know what it's called (gasps) my roommate had one of those yes as she should she brought it to the airport by accident once and they almost confiscated it oh no really yeah you you couldn't just call that a cat keychain well, that's what she tried to do. And then they were like, no, no. Mm. I don't remember how she was able to get it back. Maybe she like put it in her checked bag or whatever. Yeah. Like it, I don't it know. wouldn't be readily available to her. Right. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I get it. It's, it's, what is that called? Like, what is the airport people called? TSA. TSA. There we go. TSA. Yeah. It's, it's fucking TSA. Like they're going to get you on something. Yeah. Whatever. Take off your shoes. Who yeah. cares? Also, do you know that not everyone does that? Like around the world, take really yeah, like if you have to like take off your shoes, like I, Australia, they don't do that. Huh? Yeah. Ah, it's just a U.S. thing. Interesting. I think it's like po- uh, post nine eleven. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, like you can't bring unopened water if it's open. They'll make you throw it away because it could be like I don't know jet fuel or whatever the fuck. Really? That's why? I thought they just wanted us to purchase their own waters. I think I feel like it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Ah, uh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's the next line? <laughs> the next one is one that we already talked about a little bit. It's a uh, say what's in this drink. drink. Yeah. Do I even need to explain how creepy this line is in today's standards? Also, women, what, what, what you can protect yourself is that you can get them for, for bars when you go out. It's like a little slip that goes over the top of your drink that allows you to put a straw through it so that you can still enjoy it. And it doesn't let people while you're out put anything in it. It's literally like a barrier. I recommend it to every like everyone like while you're going out. Right. Watch your back. Protect yourself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Don't take drinks from strangers or people you just met at the bar. Don't leave your drink on the bar when you go to the bathroom. If, yeah, like if you if you leave your drink on the bar, go to the bathroom, come back, that drink doesn't exist anymore. Do not drink that. No. Do not drink no, that. No, no. I think all of these rules are the reason why I find this line so very creepy. Exactly. Because growing up as... A little girl and into a teenager when I was like, you know, starting to get towards drinking age and going out age. This, those kind of things, don't let somebody buy you a drink that you just met. Don't, you know, don't, or, you know, they, they can buy you a drink, but make sure you watch the bartender make it. Don't put it down on the bar when you go to the bathroom. 
or in any sense, don't put it down mm-hmm. if it's unaccompanied or you can't see what somebody's putting in it. Like these were all the rules, very rules, rules. These were the rules, right? These are like because you can't trust anyone, nope. and and I think because I grew up with this narrative that something like that could happen is always possible to happen. Yeah. That's why I find this line so incredibly creepy, especially looking at it like on the flip side, not in the context of the language that they used in the 40s. It's like if you look at the lyrics in a framework of mind for today's standards, it's like she's saying no consistently. He's being pushy consistently. All of a sudden she's like, what's in this drink? That's a little spooky. For me – for me, it's spooky. I take it as she's saying no, he won't let her leave, so he drugs her drink. Yeah. And, and then, you know. And then who knows? Fade to black, bad shit happens. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. No. Your skepticism and bad feelings are well founded. Thank you. No problem. What's the next one, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> the next one is uh, I ought to say no, 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 mind sir. If I'm moving mind closer. if I'm moving closer. Like, yes, I do mind. Thank you. I said no, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do it. mind. I do mind. Back up. Back up. You are in my yeah, bubble I right now, sir. Get the fuck away from me. Out of my face. Out of my face. <laughs> this one is just like it's just it's just creepy like i mean i guess looking at it now i can i I see where she says i ought to say no Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily imply like that she wants to say no but she feels inclined inclined to say no yeah and he's like mind if i'm moving closer that part it's mostly that part that i find very creepy because this again it's like this whole time she's been saying no, and he's like, let me just scooch on in here. And I'm like, get yeah. back the fuck up. <laughs> uh, Sam, I always think it's so fun when you swear because you never seem the type. Thank you. It's just, it's, yeah. know, it's so hilarious. I never really swore in high school because I found it uncomfortable. And then I started swearing a little bit in college. And I was like, wow, this is fun. This gets me riled up. And yeah. And then you can't stop. No, yeah, I, I, just... I, I totally get that. I remember I was out camping with my family one time and my stepmom and my aunt, uh, I remember they were like trying to pay me to cuss and I wouldn't because I had like this like feeling in my chest that I couldn't. I should have. I, sh- I should have just said fuck like a man, like with my whole chest and then got $20. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I can't. And then in high school and in college, I just started and I was like, no, I really like this. this is fun this is fine this is kind of my thing now (laughs) and now that's why and i am the reason why our show has an explicit rating that's it's hi is it the am i the problem is it me me i'm the problem (laughs) i know but i know i know you do it but i feel like i do it way more than you do that's okay yeah it's the people know it's explicit no i know it's it's our show we make the rules what is the next line? <laughs> the next one that I despise is the answer, the answer is no. no. Yeah. Because like she said no, and that means get the fuck away. Go like away. I do not understand why this man does not understand. <laughs> why this man does not understand. I'm trying to laugh I, so quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like this one is just like self-explanatory. This one, I feel like she very much is like in her, I mean, no era. It's sort of like, not just like, I have to say no because my neighbors will think I'm a whore. You kind of dig your heels in. Right, exactly. So she said no, and that means get the fuck away. Yeah. Oh, and the next one, because it's the guy part, it's uh, if you got pneumonia and died. That one's funny. It, it is because it's like all of us. Like it it comes so out of left field. Like he's like, "No, you should stay. Have a drink. What if you died? Whoa, bro! All right." <laughs> it's just very much like, like wow, he, he you know jumped really far on that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. He kind of sort of leaned into that one, bro. All right. I also saw that this like they sort of flipped the parts is that the guy part became the girl part and the girl part became the guy part to sort of like subvert the trope like oh what if the lady is the lusty one in this affair and she just wants to slob on the dude's knob or whatever and the guy's like i gotta Mm -hmm. get out of here and she's like hey the handsome why don't you stick around for a while and he's like oh geez (laughs) oh no like I think um, <laughs> there's a version of that that does that really well that uh, Rain Wilson, who plays Dwight Schrute in The Office, does. Mm. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that one. It's really funny. He because he's not a singer, so it's like, but it the way that he does it is it is really good. I enjoyed watching it. Mm. But so going over the song, I can obviously tell how how you feel about it. Our, our spoiler warning uh, earlier. It's Sam. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So you've made it. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, you made it very clear. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's, it's me. me. Uh, but so obviously, like I've I've tried to play both sides of the discussion. We've talked about it. We've tried to remain impartial for certain segments of it. Like the sensibilities and moral views of the past have changed radically from the 40s and 50s to now. So like with a viewpoint of today's standards, definitely like abhorrent. Like you cannot. It's not. It is. If it is taken from a moral standpoint, shit does not work. Like, mm-hmm. of course, all of this still pushes the boundaries of consent. And the post that we talked about earlier with Big Butter and Eggman. Big Butter and Eggman. I still love saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it acknowledges the flaws of the consent. Yes means no. No means yes. Like, you know, it's giving women agency and a voice in very, like, roundabout terms. It is just a, a crazy society thing, double-edged sword. We've talked about that, but like the, with with this song and all of it in a in a in a general scope, what is what do we like about it? Is there anything a favorite covers, favorite aspects of the song? Where do you like to sing it, Sam? Um. Well, again, I dislike this song very much. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. But oh, sorry, totally went over my head. <laughs> But there are, we don't have to go over that whole thing again, yeah. but there is, there are a few versions that I really like some like favorite covers. Yes. Um, I love the Zoe Deschanel and Leon Redbone mm-hmm. version, but mostly because Elf is one of my favorite movies ever, but I prefer when Zoe sings it with Will. Yes. Because oh, I just think that's in the bathroom yeah because i think that scene is hilarious albeit it also a little bit creepy that he's like in the women's restroom but you know he doesn't know the social cues or whatever he's an elf (laughs) he's an elf he doesn't know yeah but 
again i think i like that version a little bit better because i think that scene is really funny when he like runs and slams into the lockers yeah because he just he, he goes like <gasps> and he like slams his hands over his eyes like oh i'm sorry and then wham like just knocks himself like at that point <laughs> yeah you can you can tell that it's innocent because the movie is telling you that it's innocent the song however right. is not right and I do like the Idina Menzel and Michael Bublé version, which I noticed you put um, the karaoke Bro, at the bottom. The the queen of winter, the ice princess herself, Elsa, Idina Menzel, with Michael Bublé, Mr. Bubbly. Mr. Bubbly and Adele Dazeem. Oh my God, yes. Like, it's just literally... Michael Bublé is just an amazing singer. Like I knew about his big band stuff before I even looked at Seth MacFarlane. Like they are just the the the, the kings of swing. Michael Bublé and mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane of the modern era. They're nuts. Right. Oh, and then I also put that as like that version. Like uh, I think I, I think I'll link it below. Is that if you play it as an instrumental, it's like very soothing and whimsical. So like I don't know if that's how you get your. Your, your micro dose of baby it's cold outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but so oh oh, oh other uh, my other favorite covers is seth mcfarlane and sarah barrelis uh jimmy barrelis barrelis is that what it is barrelis uh-huh sarah barrelis oh okay awesome okay uh jimmy buffett and Nadira Shakur. It's like a very tropical Christmas. Like if you're in the islands, play Melikaliki Maka and then the Jimmy of Buffett version. Oh my goodness. You're working on island time now. Santa Claus is going to have to put on like a, like a red tank top or something like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, those, de- those reindeer are going to be sweating. CeeLo Green and Christina Aguilera. We already talked about it. And then my favorite version is the Dean Martin version. Dean just has a wonderful mm. voice. It is just, ooh, I... I like it even more than the Frank Sinatra version. I do agree. Mm-hmm. It is very good. But that is pretty much it. That is that is the backwards and forwards of the of the episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was just gonna say overall, I think I still don't like the song, but I understand both sides of it. Yeah, and and we learned something that we wouldn't have otherwise even known. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the language of the forties and like dating and sexuality in the 40s and how it's so different than today and you know our standards and stuff oh yeah good good thing that that's behind us now throw it away yeah throw throw the the whole thing away it's all right right but we hope you enjoyed it hopefully this added a little something to your christmas season this episode was a little bit it's a little bit spicy yeah a little bit spicy yeah not as not as sweet as our as our last episode, the the um the we wish you the merriest because the whole episode last time we were like oh my god can't even pick a favorite song oh my god all of these are amazing <laughs> love it they did so good True. and now I'm over here like Sam what did you think and I can see the fucking fire behind your eyes where you're like let me tell you what I think yeah. about this song so I'm like shit <laughs> this is the uh, you, know, you can tell I can I can I can feel it I can feel the heat from here but it's sort of like this is like the spiked eggnog of our little our little Christmas feast. It gives you a little something extra that you didn't you didn't think that we would get. So we hope you liked it mm-hmm. though. But if you want to uh, hear our wonderful voices in other places other than, you know, wherever you're checking them out, Sam, what are some other places that you can find us? You can find us on Instagram at Beso Profundo Podcast. Also Beso Profundo underscore on Twitter. 
and on our website. Yes, basoprofundopodcast.com. Again, go to the episodes tab right on the left. You'll see like the three little lines. Click that. Either go to listen to listen to our most recent episodes or find them all um, under their own individual pages in the episodes tab. So you can check us out there. We try to make it as readily, easily, and available for you and for your listening pleasure. Yes, and make sure you rate us five stars mm. on Spotify. Leave a comment, leave a review, email us at basoprofundopodcast at gmail.com. Is that what it is? Uh, yes, it is. Basoprofundopodcast at gmail.com. I almost forgot to put that in. Yes. We'll have to add that into our outro notes. Um, so yes. if you have any good things to say about us, if you have an episode recommendation, something that maybe if maybe we got something wrong, in our a little analysis and you just like to let us know um send it there we'll, we'll we'll check it out whatever you have to say about anything that we do preferably what you like and hopefully you don't go out mm-hmm. baby it's cold outside on us sorry <laughs> no, it's okay sorry it's, uh, sorry um but yeah so whatever you've got to say big superfundo podcast at gmail.com and we check it pretty regularly and we will see it so tell your friends, tell your friends to spread us around because yeah. we want you to listen to us and we want to be able to touch all of your hearts this Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, not just Christmas. Uh, I think it's like the fourth night of, of, uh, of fucking of, uh, of Hanukkah. Hanukkah yeah. Yes. I was just, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, hold on. I want to I want to make sure this is right because I don't want to butcher this because this is it's Hebrew. Yeah. Shabbat Shalom. Yay. Ah, Shabbat Shalom. Yeah. Yes. This uh, this this Hanukkah season, also Kwanzaa. I, although I don't know when Kwanzaa is, because I just know about Kwanzaa is the twenty sixth. Uh, Sam, you're on it. Thank you. I wish I knew somebody that celebrated Kwanzaa. I'm really interested in learning. I'm not actually even sure which religion celebrates Kwanzaa. I know it's. I know it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's African. Okay. Yeah. The and uh, yeah. And uh, it's kind of embarrassed, but the only reason I know that is because of Futurama, where they would have Robot Santa, um, and they'd also have Kwanzaa Bot, and so that's the only way that I know about Kwanzaa. Oh, I only know Kwanzaa because we sang a song in elementary school. Oh yeah, Kwanzaa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hermes Conrad and his family celebrate Kwanzaa, so I learned a little bit, but not much. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was like. We, yeah. No, Email us if you celebrate Kwanzaa or if you know someone who celebrates Kwanzaa. I'm really interested in learning more about oh, that yeah. day and or the seven days, I should say. I believe it is, right? Seven days of celebration? I don't know enough. I really don't know enough. And I don't, I don't want to get it wrong. But yeah, so that's also another thing. It's, it's, we, we love learning. So if you celebrate Kwanzaa, please tell us about it. If you want to tell us something cool that you and your family do this the holiday season for Christmas, for Kwanzaa, for Hanukkah, like let us know because we we just we just love. Yeah, maybe we'll shout it out in the next episode. You never know. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if we start getting some uh, if we start getting some listener comments, then we'll we might just you know let the peeps know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that is going to be all from us, you guys. And we hope that you have a very merry holiday and soon enough, a happy new year. Yes. See you all next time. See you later. Goodbye. Ho, ho, ho.